It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. everyone. I'm your host, Joe Dolan, and welcome to the 2023 Franchise Focus Podcast Series here at FantasyPoints.com and the Fantasy Points Podcast Network. We've entered the third week of recording these podcasts, and I've already made my way around the first three divisions in the AFC. We're going to be moving to the AFC West this week, talking Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders and Chargers. I hope everybody's enjoyed the podcast thus far. I've had a lot of fun recording them. I'm learning something new each and every time I record. And really the only difficult thing about them is scheduling them because I'm doing 32 of them. But so many of my guests have been gracious. All of them have been just providing the best information. And I hope you continue to subscribe, rate, and review to the show and enjoy the podcast. We're going to wrap up the AFC with the AFC West this week. I hope you enjoy. Without further ado, here's my next guest. Welcome back to the Franchise Focus Podcast. I'm excited for today's guest. So last year, I had his co-host of the Compass on the Beat podcast, Gilberto uh, Manzano. Um, he's big time now. He's covering he's covering the NFL for Sports Illustrated. He's covering it nationally. So I had to go back to the source, though. And I'm bringing on Fernando Ramirez. He's the Chargers reporter for the Sporting Tribune. You can follow him on Twitter at RealFRamirez. Fernando, welcome to the show. Um, uh, I, I know we're, we were just kind of like taking little jabs, uh, playful jabs at Gilberto uh, uh, off air. But it was, uh, it was a good podcast uh, with him last year, and I'm excited to welcome you to the show. Yeah, no, thank you, uh, Joe, for having me on. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, like, you guys, this is the second podcast that I've jumped on that they're like, oh, he's big time now. I'm like, yeah, I can't even get the dude on the horn. And and we have a podcast together, as you mentioned, and it's hard for me to get him on the horn. So I I know what you mean when you – uh, when you say he's big time, but, uh, yeah, it's all, it's all in good fun. I'll play full Gilbert knows that, uh, I jump on different podcasts and if they mention his name, I, I take little jabs at him. So, um, we have to get down to business though. We got to talk chargers and you're still covering the team and you're still close yeah. to the team. And this is for, from a fantasy perspective, always, at least, uh, I, I mean, God, for as long as I've been playing fantasy, they've been great for fantasy because of Phillip yeah. rivers. And then of course, transitioning right to Justin Herbert, um, well, you forgot that one game with Tyrod Taylor. No, I, you, I can't let you forget that one Poor game. Tyrod, man. I, no. <laughs> I know. I feel so bad for Even last year with the Giants, I think, or two years, I can't remember when it was. He came in. He got hurt right away. Like, Just bad luck. Football. Yeah, yeah for, for a good player, too. But um, we got to start big picture here with the Chargers because, obviously, um, the, re- the the replacing of Joe Lombardi with Brand- with uh, Kellen Moore is is the big offseason storyline for the Chargers. I had gotten to take in uh you know a little play on Broadway Joe Namath. I had gotten to take into calling Joe Lombardi sideways Joe um because that's kind of where the offense went. We you know the key stats. I'm not going to tell you what Charger fans called him on Twitter. I, okay, I all right. Well, well, we, we we have a clean rating on the podcast on a, yeah. on a, on Apple Podcasts. We yeah. we got to keep the swearing to the to a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know the, all the stats. Yeah. Dak Prescott in every year under Kellen Moore in Dallas had a higher average depth of target than the highest average depth of target season that Justin Herbert's had in the NFL. Do you expect? that to change for Justin Herbert in 2023. I, I really do think it it will. And, and the crazy part is, is that you mentioned that like 
it like on a Sunday, it was a uh, a regular Sunday. There they announced, oh, the Cowboys are are maybe splitting up with Kellen Moore, and then by the evening, oh, Chargers are expected to sign Kellen Moore. It was quick. Brandon Saley said, "I was not going to let this guy go." Mm-hmm. Uh, last year in training camp, he knew uh, he 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 and uh, they had a joint practice with the Cowboys. And him and Kellen Moore kept in contact. They would text mm. each other, stuff like that. So it, it just it, it came together. And now he's coaching Justin Herbert. And you talk to Keenan Allen. You talk to Mike Williams. You talk to Justin Herbert and, and even Kellen Moore himself. And you could tell it's all going to go down the field. And uh, Keenan Allen said, yeah, we're going to probably go down the field more. And Keenan Allen's more of a slant out route. Like his, he's, he's more of that kind of stuff. And last year he was going deep a little bit more. Than usual, I think this year it's going to be even more. I think they're going to try and, and exploit what Justin Herbert can do. What does he do? He has a, a howitzer for a right arm. We all know that. Uh, we saw that play where he had a guy draped on his back and he threw a 50, a 60-yard bomb to Jalen Guyton. The Chargers now have speed. They have weapons. They, I think the Chargers have probably one of the best receiving cores in the NFL and uh, and I and they have Mike Williams, who I, his nickname is eighty twenty. But I think when he goes down the field, he's more ninety ten now. Like the yeah. dude just makes every single grab going down the field. So I really do think that the Chargers are going to go more down the field with Kellen Moore. Uh, you saw the jabs that uh, that uh, big old Mike McCarthy uh, took at him. Oh, he, he needs to run the ball a little bit more. Well, not when you got a guy like Justin Herbert and some of these other guys. Like you're you're going to be able to go down the field. So yeah, I totally expect. Justin Herbert's stats to uh, uh, to go up like Matthew McConaughey. He said, "You gotta you gotta pump those suckers up. You gotta you gotta raise those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers, so I do expect them to to uh, increase." So, how do you think Quentin Johnston, the Chargers' first round pick, complements uh, or even supplements this receiving core? So i I kind of got carried away on a recent podcast. I jumped on and I said, "I think he's going to be a thousand yard receiver," and they're like, "Whoa!" and I'm like. This kid, man, they keep on talking about him. They keep on boasting about him. Derwin James, I asked him at the Chargers golf tournament. I'm like, hey, what do you think about – or give me a rookie that has stood out to you. He goes, Quinn Johnson. And I'm like, what? He's like, he's him. Like, he's that guy. And I'm like, oh, wow. And you see him in practice. Uh, Mike Williams wasn't really out there for OTAs. Jo- uh, Josh Palmer wasn't either. So it was Quinn Johnson and Keenan Allen basically going one on uh, – like being the two receivers – and, and you could tell, Quentin, I know they're in shorts and, and helmets and T-shirts, but he made an impact. He was making some catches. He made some good contested catches. Again, they're not getting tackled. But if you look at this receiving court, it's Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. How are you going to be able to cover now Quentin Johnson, Josh Palmer? Like, it's going to be tough to cover all these guys. And I really do think that Quentin Johnson is going to get open. I think he's going to be the guy that people are going to forget about. And he's gonna make big plays. I really, I, I was watching his film the other day. He's a basketball player, man. He gra- like so he did a uh, he did a curl route, and he did kind of a basketball move where he fake right or he faked left and then went right, turned around, and he had forty yards down the field until Gave he finally him the dream got shake. tackled. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. and then his speed. You saw that Michigan game where he catches that ball. He does kind of like a hesitation step and then takes off. And the cornerback couldn't catch him. I mean, I really do think that he's going to be bringing an explosive uh, element to the Chargers' offense. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a thousand-yard receiver this year and uh, made a couple of touchdown grabs. I just think the kid is going to add a lot to this uh, to this receiving core. And, and it's like it's one of those things where you're going to forget about somebody, and I think he's going to be the guy that gets forgotten about. 
and he's going to come open and he's going to make him big impact plays. Do you expect his his skill set to be more? I view it like the AJ Brown, like the big plays by catching it in the short to intermediate area. Or do you expect he's going to be used more on go routes, posts, stuff like that down the field? I really think from what I have kind of gathered, I think he's going to be a little bit of everything. I think they're going to try and use him in different ways to get him open. Uh, I think he can do a lot of that stuff. I mean, and like I said, and Keenan and Mike both said it, that as soon as he comes off the field, he goes straight to them and tries and learns a little bit of his uh, knocks where his hands, uh, that stuff can be fi- like that stuff can be fixed. Uh, maybe some of his routes were, hey, you're l- route running. Now you're learning from Keenan Allen. You're going to learn something when it comes to route running. So um, but I really do think that uh, they're going to try and do that stuff or the intermediate stuff and then him take off and try and get back the cornerback. Um, maybe also dig routes, some uh, yeah. some stuff like that. I really do think that they're going to try and do a lot of different things with him. And that that's the thing. He kind of he can kind of do a lot of different things to get himself open. So I really do think that the Chargers are going to try and do their best to try and get him open and exploit that speed. I mean, that's what everybody's been saying. The Chargers are lacking speed. Well, now you brought him yep. in and you brought in his teammate, Darius Davis, who I the Chargers saying he's just a return guy. I don't believe it. I think he's going to he's going to make a, uh, uh, some impact on this offense one way or another. Yeah, the Chargers lacking speed was was the theme. You've actually hit on it a couple of times in the podcast. And not yeah. to say that this was a fantasy guy, but how big uh, and and not to totally um not to totally uh, totally defend Joe Lombardi here, but how big was the injury to Jalen Guyton early in the season in restricting this offense? Yeah, no, well, when you lose a guy like Jalen Guyton, and the thing is that I, I, he he's he's kind of I don't want to say he's a one-trick pony, but basically his speed, he would exploit a lot of the defenses, and defense yeah. would kind of have to look at him, and that's what would get sometimes the other knee stuff open. So, yeah, no, it definitely hurt, but that, that's the problem. That's the problem when you only have one guy that can yeah. do something like that. You need more guys that have speed because Josh Palmer, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams are all very similar. They're more of those big receivers that can go down the field and do different things, but really, like, you don't have that that burner that that uh, and I don't want to say Tyree Kill, but you know that burner that can just go down the field and make those big catches. <laughs> Excuse me, and and that's what was kind of lacking uh, from the offense. So yeah, when Jalen Guyton went down, it completely changed this Chargers offense. So the Chargers on paper, great receiving court, but of course availability is a big yeah. part of that. Mike Williams has had multiple injuries, most and, and I think most severe to his neck and his back. Those are and Keenan Allen had the serious hamstring injury. How concerned are the Chargers with their um their potential injury issues headed into 2023? I, I think they're 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 not worried about it. I mean, it was just a freak uh, thing with Keenan last year. It was the first game of the season. You know, it's funny at that point, at the point where Keenan went out, him and Devontae Adams were actually uh basically on pace together to get over 100 yards in that game. I think both had four catches for like. 60 or 70 yards and they were kind of going toe to toe and i was like oh wow this is going to be an interesting battle watching because people when you talk about two of the best route runners in the nfl it's keenan and Devonte, and keenan just out and then in, in three weeks later he tries to to go full blast he re-aggravates it and then he has to sit out a couple more games but i think that i think the charger like they 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 just thought it was a freak accident just not a freak accident, but it was just one of those injuries, outlier injuries, because Keenan's been relatively healthy ever since he came back from that torn ACL um, a couple of years ago. So he's been relative, he's been available. So I, I just think they think it's a one-off. And then uh, with Mike, 
uh, last year it was also just one of those uh, freak things where uh, he got hurt. But uh, but I, I don't think they're they're thinking much of it. I think they think new season. Um, let's go out because Mike's thing. I mean that that hit that he took with that back injury. I mean that that was uh, that was pretty bad in Denver. But he says he's fine. He's recovered. He's ready to go, and he can't wait to uh, get back on the field. So I, I don't think they're worried about uh, anything lingering from last season. Um, Austin Eckler. It feels like they kind of made him a little bit whole with the with the additional money in his contract. But one of the things that was for first and foremost, let's talk about Eckler. Yeah. Running back targets were not a huge, huge part of what Kellen Moore does, which was part of um, uh, the uh, part of the reason he's so good for fantasy. Austin Eckler is his receiving. Do you expect that uh, Kellen Moore will adjust a little bit more to Austin Eckler or uh, could Eckler lose some targets simply because of the increased vertical nature of this offense? I think Eckler might lose some touches just because of the addition. I'll say more of the addition of Quentin Johnston, Darius Davis, and then Jalen Guyton coming back. I think he may lose some targets, but when it comes to adjusting, I think Kellen Moore will adjust because he said, we want to also keep some stuff that Justin does well. well. What's one of the things that he does well, checking down to Austin Eckler and Austin Eckler doing his thing. One thing that I think that might return is Austin Eckler splitting, splitting out at receiver. That was one of the mm. things that I thought the Chargers did really well back when Melvin Gordon was on the team and uh, Austin Eckler was more of a uh, of a secondary player. They would put in Eckler, they would split him out at receiver, and then he would just take advantage of the linebacker, go past the linebacker. Because, you know, the linebackers kind of cover five to ten yards and then kind of ease up a little bit. What Austin would take advantage of that and go 90 yards. That's where we got the famous Philip Rivers yelling in Yannick Ngakwe's ear going, ah, let's go. <laughs> like, that's that's where we got that video. Yeah. So, uh, but I really do think that uh, the Chargers are going to try and, and do that. But the thing with Austin, I just think there's going to be a lot of mouths to feed on offense, and that could help him kind of get more uh, – uh, get more t- touches in that kind of way. You know what I mean? And, and then yeah. the offensive line has improved. So I think he's even going to – his numbers might even go up a little bit because everybody's going to be so focused on the other receivers that that could help Austin actually uh, come alive. So I thought it was uh, odd. In, in the post-Melvin Gordon era, the Chargers three straight years tried to find this complimentary back, this grinder to to Austin, the, thun- the thunder to Eckler's lightning, yeah. essentially. Josh Kelly, Larry Roundtree, Isaiah Spiller. Do you think they found that guy yet? I mean, I, I would say Spiller probably had a really disappointing rookie season from the Chargers' perspective. Well, the, the Chargers really didn't give him a chance last year. Yeah. It was one of those things where they brought in Sonny Michelle. Sonny Michelle just didn't really have the impact that I think they thought he was going to have. Now he's back with the Rams. Uh, but I, I really do think that Isaiah Spiller is the one guy that I think has a chance to do something just because he's the unknown. Maybe he could be a Tony Pollard where he kind of turns it on. He becomes that secondary back. But I, I just uh, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, Josh Kelly, every single time Josh Kelly gets going an injury happens. Yeah. So that, that last year at one point he was he was actually running the ball really well. And then he got hurt and he was out for almost the rest of the season, came back the last four or five games, but it just wasn't the same energy that you got from him. Uh, but I really do think that uh, that Isaiah Spiller probably has the best chance just because there's an unknown with him. You don't really know much about him. You haven't really seen much, but it, he he's the one that there was a lot of excitement of, about him coming out of college. And, and it's kind of like, well, where'd that excitement go? Where is it? And, uh, but I, I really do think that he's going to make an impact on this team. And I think he might be that second back, uh, especially if, uh, if Kellen Moore can, can do what he did with, uh, with uh, Tony Pollard with uh, Isaiah Spiller.
Yeah. So I, I think um, you uh, we've established you expect that Justin Herbert's numbers are going to go up um, oh, yeah. in, in Kellen Moore's off, offense. But what do you think Justin Herbert, from a stylistic standpoint, from a skill set standpoint, needs to work on to really maximize his potential? Oof. Um, I, that, that's kind of tough just because i i feel like he's a hard player to critique yeah yeah and i mean he he works on everything like in the offseason i I really do think that dude is such a uh what do i want to say like a film junkie like i know he's sitting down he's taking notes like i would i'd pay i'd pay money to see that notebook that justin has with all of his notes on it and and how he critiques himself but I, i i feel like he just does he does things really well like last year he threw i think 10 or 11 interceptions and I think half of them weren't even his fault. They were like pop-ups or, or bad routes by, uh, by the, and I'm not trying to blame the receivers or the tight ends or anything. Yeah. I'm just saying like, he just really throws a nice ball. Even his deep ball is just good. But I guess, I, I guess if I had to critique one thing, it's like, don't be afraid to check out of stuff, like not to check out of stuff, but like, if you feel like you need to take advantage of the team and you want, like, that's the thing, Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, like those kinds of guys, like they would like, if, if what the OC isn't calling, they would they would con- take in, they would take command of their offense, and they'd be like, you know what, I know what to run. I'm I'm that smart. I know what's going. On. I mean, Herbert won the Heisman for for brilliance in in college for a reason. The guy's smart. You know he's smart. I think maybe that's the one thing. Like if something's not working, because at times last year I thought what Joe Lombardi was doing it would, just wasn't working, and and I know that there was frustration from fans saying Justin check out of it, like do other stuff with it, but. I mean, other than that, there's just nothing I can critique. The guy is just – he really is elite, and I, I really do think he's a top three, top four quarterback in the NFL. He's really that good. But if it was anything, it's probably that. But yeah. I, I'm not in the huddle. I don't know what's going on. That's just me looking from afar. But other than that, I just really think his mechanics are good. His uh, his footwork is great. I, I really think it's kind of hard – Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, and and uh, and Herbert are probably three of the guys that I. It'd be hard to find a critique yeah. of uh, of something that they do, but that'd probably be my one only thing. But other than that, I just I can't find anything. So the Chargers, I think, are a really good example of how investing in an offensive line can really start to gel. As a matter of fact, I believe four of their five projected starters along the offensive line were drafted within the last four seasons. Yeah. I mean that homegrown talent if there's a weak spot on the line though what do you think it is uh probably right tackle with trey pipkins and that's just and i'm not even i I mean the dude's been a warrior he really when he got drafted in the third round out of sioux falls i remember i was in the media room and i'm like who is this like who is trey pipkins like nobody knew who he was and that was really one of the guys that the charge really developed they took their time with him he had four offensive line coaches in four years uh, he did well, and then they brought him up, and and he's done a great job uh, earning his his paycheck. But I I'd probably say him. I think what they have on the rest of the offensive line is brutal. Like the uh, Siler, um, uh, Corey Lindsley, uh, Johnson, and and uh, and Rashawn Slater. I really do think that that's that's a pretty good offensive line. And the thing is. You want to keep guys off of Justin Herbert last year when he after taking that hit with the ribs, he just wasn't the same quarterback for most of the season, and he still put up good numbers. But uh, I really do think that they need to protect Justin, and obviously the one fault that I give them is they need to they need to be able to open up. Uh, and the guys have even said it; they need to run the ball a lot better uh, next year. If not, uh, they're going to struggle in that area. But if they can open up the holes and get Austin Eckler going, I really do think that 
this offense uh, could be a lot better than what it already is. Uh, is, is Rashawn Slater good to go? 100% yeah, yeah. Ready Rashawn to told us, uh, yeah. yeah, he said he's good to go, that he could have played in that. Uh, if they would have beat Jacksonville, they would have played Kansas City. He said he he would have played in that game. Okay. All right. So that's yeah. good news. And, you know, the other the other guy on this line, um, I think maybe is not the X factor, but the guy who really helped bring this thing together. They drafted Jamari Sawyer in the sixth round last yeah. year. And, I mean, he's developed – sometimes first round offensive linemen take a t- take time to develop yeah. into good starters Sawyer I mean he had he might have been one of the steals of the NFL draft last year what yeah. what did the Chargers coaches say about him as he progressed no they they really like what he's doing uh Tom Telesco's raved about him and, and that's the thing is that ever since Brandon Saley came in he's really put an emphasis on that offensive line he's reshaped it he's revamped it uh Four out of the five players on the offensive line have been brought in with him as the head coach. I remember he said Corey Lindsley was a guy that he wanted uh, after they played the the Packers in the playoffs in 2020. He's like, I want that guy on my team, and he brought him in with the Chargers in 2021. But, yeah, no, Jamar Sawyer was a guy that last year, I think he only gave up like two sacks, and one of them was the Miles uh, Garrett. So, I mean, that hey. Let I he who's without sin, right? Exactly. Know? So, I mean, the guy, the guy really did play hard. He's a good, uh, he's a good player. Now he obviously goes back to guard and, um, and the Chargers uh, are, are, they're really hopeful that he can, uh, he can help their offensive line, but uh, at the guard position, but they're, they're raving about him. They're saying that the, he's doing everything that he needs to do. And, and they're really excited about him. Corey Lindsay was raving about him when we spoke to him. He's like, can you imagine what he did last year? Now let's move him over to right guard. And I bet you he's going to be even yeah. better at that position. So they're uh, they're really excited about uh, about the potential of him at uh, right guard. Yeah. So just so everybody um, understands the context of what Fernando's saying here, Jamari Sawyer was a sixth round rookie last year who filled in at tackle after Rashawn yep. Slater got hurt, which is next to impossible since Slater's one of the best tackles in football. I, I mean, really, yeah. really high quality stuff. That yeah, he and did. he only like I said, he only gave up two sacks. We were surprised. <laughs> like I thought they were going to put one of their other guys to left, like move Trey Pipkins a left tackle yeah, or do something like that. And they go, Jamari Sawyer. And we're like, Oh wow. It's got y'all choked up here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, we, were really, we were really surprised when they named him yeah. the starter. So Fernando, I've been wrapping up all the franchise focus podcasts by asking my guests to maybe highlight a lower end player on the roster. Somebody mm-hmm. we haven't talked about yet who could contribute for fantasy. Who do you think that is on the chargers roster? I think one guy that everybody's forgetting is Gerald Everett, the tight end. He, uh, he had, I think two or three, games last year where he had uh over 80 yards receiving i think teams forget about him and i really do think that defense forget about him he's athletic he's kind of more of an athletic tight end um that's almost kind of like a receiver like kind of guy like he's fast he he can really move so i think he's going to be a guy that kind of comes open because of all the weapons that the chargers possess i think he's going to be a guy that really could put up some numbers uh, especially in the, I know that there's only one ball and a lot of mouths to feed, but I really do think that he could be an impact player this season. They're one of the most interesting teams in the entire NFL with loaded with offensive weapons. So you're going to want to follow Fernando Ramirez. You can follow him on Twitter at real F Ramirez. He's the Chargers reporter for the sporting tribune, and you can catch him on compass on the beat talking, not just chargers. You're talking everything on that podcast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We try and do a little bit of everything. Uh, we do uh, combat sports, WWE. Uh, now we've gotten into soccer. So, yeah, we're doing a lot of different things <laughs> on the pod. And then we uh, we review movies also. So uh, we do a little bit of everything <laughs> on there. We just try and have fun and, and kind of bring our own perspective 
um, about life, about our journeys as journalists. Yeah. So yeah, Gilbert and I try and, and uh, we try and stick our spoon in different meals uh, and, and see how they're, how it does. So yeah, I'm, we're really appreciative of, of everybody that's checked it out and it's just something different, but yeah. uh, we really are having a lot of fun uh, doing it. I had a lot of fun talking to you about the Chargers. We're going to be seeing his coverage deep into January is my estimation. Fernando Ramirez, thank you so much for joining me on the Franchise Focus Podcast. And go take down your fantasy league this year, my friend. <laughs> thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. And I hope you you finally win yours. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Fernando's referring to the fact that I've been in the fantasy industry for 15 years. This is my 15th year working in the fantasy industry. The last time I won my longest term league was in 2008, the year before I joined the fantasy industry. You're so. overdue. Uh, very much so overdue. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this edition of the Franchise Focus Podcast. Um, we will start with the NFC East very shortly. It's been great talking the AFC, and now it's time to kick off the NFC. Take it easy, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.